Hey, welcome back to the All Access Podcast. Hey, hopefully you've enjoyed these podcasts that we've been putting out. If you have, please just like it or subscribe or really share it with other people that you believe it will be helpful to. This is going to be another great day. We have another great guest with us today. I'm excited because we're going to be talking about small groups, and this is something that's so vital in churches, and it's not anything new, but it's something that I believe that we need to be effective at. And so today, I'm pumped and excited because we have Bethany Small Groups Director Jennifer Zachary in the house today, and I'm excited to have you. Jennifer has been a part of Bethany for 30 years? Yes. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. And then um, have been on staff full-time for the last two years. Yes, the last two years. How have those two years been? They've been great. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Pastor Jonathan would like to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what did you do before you were on staff here? Yeah, well, I was a hairstylist Uh for 20 years. Wow. Yeah, so I did hair and loved it. Yep. But always had just a pull to the local church. Yep. So. Very, very cool. Did small groups and things like that. Yeah. Prior to it, great. Yep. Now, what's a cool fact is that you're married to one of the Bethany staffers, <laughs> actually the one who yes. posts these bo- these podcasts yep. and created the All Access website, yes. Jamie Zachary. Jamie Zachary, yeah. Well, we met here, of course. His awesome. dad was a pastor on staff, and yep. we went to high school together. And we've been married 21 years. High school sweethearts. Well, no, actually, we weren't. No. But uh, we did know each other in high school. Okay. Very cool. And y'all <laughs> so been married now for how long? 21 years. 21 years. Very, yeah. very cool. Two yeah. kids. Two kiddos. Yep. We're doing middle school with one. So uh-huh. she's in her last day of sixth grade today. Nice. And we're doing college with another. He just finished freshman year. So wow. two different worlds, but it's great. We very cool. <laughs> and then you're directing all of the small groups at Bethany at the same yes. time. Super, super cool. Well, I'm excited to talk about small groups because I know this is a passion of yours and mm-hmm. um, just you've seen the Lord do so many things in small groups. And I believe that those who are listening to this may just um, hear something that they can apply. Like I said, a lot of churches do small groups, but the question is, is how effective are we being at that? And mm-hmm. so I want to just dive in and just hear some of your thoughts as it relates to it. So, you know, most of us are familiar with the term small group. How would you describe them? Yeah, you know, I hear pastors and leaders talk about defining small groups all the time, and they really want to pigeonhole it in one or the other. Is it community-based or is it discipleship-based? What do you mean by community? Like, is it about just having a place for people in your church to build relationships with one another Or is it about discipling and growing in our walk with the Lord? And I really believe that a small group is about both. Mm. And I think you can't have one without the other. You have to have community and have that relational equity in order to speak into someone's life. And so I think there's value in both, and that's how I would define a small group. That's very cool. I think I think you're exactly right. You have to – discipleship happens in the context of relationship, yes. but you also need people that you just do life with. Yes. And that's – you need both. I totally agree. Now, you know, Bethany has been doing small groups for over 30 years now. Yes. Um, I think it was 93 when they started small groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and – Uh, What does a small group kind of structure look like here at Bethany? So the structure, you know, the the fundamental 
premise behind a small group hasn't really changed in 30 years. But the way that we've done it, we've just learned a lot and grown. And so the structure is that we have two semesters every year. So when people jump in to lead, they used to feel like, oh my gosh, I just signed up to lead for the rest of my life. But now we give them um, goals and tools to lead for a semester. So we do just like college. We do a fall semester. We do a spring semester. And that's really how we build out the, the year. And so it gives people an opportunity to try a small group and have the freedom to maybe try a different one. It gives leaders an opportunity to lead and also have times of rest. And so that's kind of how we structure it. That's important Mm -hmm. because obviously people go through seasons of life. Like you said, you have two kids. So at one point your kids were younger and there may be moments where you can lead. There's times where you can't lead, but I love those that kind of that start and stop time. And I think for those of you listening and watching, that may be helpful for those of you leading small groups because people don't burn out that way. They can have those start and stop times. Um, Describe your small group. You have an amazing group. <laughs> Man, I tell us about it. I just light up when I think about my small group. But I was thinking about my small group and I'll meet with them a little bit later today. And, you know, one of the things that when you lead, um, you cannot expect anything from those you're leading unless you do it yourself. And the Lord just convicted me years ago as I was leading to become a leader with consistency. And so that's what I've built my group on is just consistency. I'm going to be there. The door is open when you want to come. And so just in this past couple of years, I've seen they are so faithful to come. And out of that has been such fruit in their lives and in mine, but it really started with me as the leader. And some of the testimonies I could tell you, I could probably sit here and tell you testimonies all day, but a couple that just really uh, stand out to me is right after the pandemic, you know, people were coming back out, people were dealing with anxieties. I had a lady who had just moved from out of state. She saw my B group online and decided to come. She battled severe anxiety And through coming to small group and being planted in the local church, she began to exercise her prayer language. She had received the baptism years ago, but had never really exercised it. She began to be set free from anxiety. And when she, she actually just moved back out of state. And when she left, they were just showering her with gifts and just love and encouragement. And so what a, it was just a beautiful testimony. We've had two ladies in our group who've had cancer and are walking. One of them healed completely and the other one has been walking out or healing. And it's it's been with the love and encouragement of that group that has really sustained them. In fact, one of them, uh, they had received so much food uh, we had to say, okay, that's enough. No more food. <laughs> she was just showered with um, blessings. So it's just been good to see Absolutely. God grow. Oh, yeah. I could tell you just over time, I mean, I'm sure, like you said, we could sit here this whole podcast and just talk okay. about testimony <laughs> after testimony that, yeah. they, that we've even heard about other small groups. Yes. I remember one lady was um, 
sick in the hospital, and um, she went to the to the hospital and was in the um, ICU. And there was I remember walking up to go pray for her as a pastor. Yes. And as I walked up down the hall was her entire small group. It was about wow. twelve ladies that were standing on the hall praying. They weren't all in the room because they couldn't all fit, but they were all on the hall praying yes. for her and just there for her just to know that she was in the community and to know she had that support just meant a lot. And yes. so we can see that small groups are, are huge um, to a church. Let me ask this question. If, um, if I'm a pastor and most pastors see the benefit in a small group and, yes. and why it's important, um, what would you tell a pastor on um, just how to even get that started at the church because sometimes you know you don't have that going or you feel like you want maybe you at a church that we don't quite have those going what would you tell a pastor that says man I want to get small groups going in my church yeah I, I first I would say just start you know it doesn't matter how small or how large your church is yeah. you know I take phone calls from time to time from churches wanting to start this process and I think one of the things that I see is there's so much planning. And one thing I love about our pastor is, number one, he has a, a vision uh, for small groups because he sees the value um, in what it does in shepherding the, the people in our community. And then also, he's not afraid to start. You know, you strive for excellence, but you have to begin somewhere. And I would say to a pastor that... If you're not having a vision for small groups or you don't see the value, then I would say maybe you need to reassess your vision for growth because when you begin to build and grow, you just can't shepherd all of the people that's on so your good. own. Yes, that's so good. That's so good. It's, it's like Jethro came and told Moses. He said, listen, you can't do this by yourself. That's right. I mean, you can't pastor these all of these people by yourself. You need some help. You, you need to raise up some leaders. And I love that. I love that you can't shepherd everybody alone. And when you do raise up small group leaders, they help you pastor the people. That That is so, so great. Um, what are some practical tips that you would say can help even build that culture? Mm -hmm. Maybe even... Um, a church has small groups, but they they need to continue to keep that culture going because sometimes, you know how things are at churches, um, certain things become important and then sometimes they're not. And how do we keep small groups as a value um, here at Bethany? And, and what would you tell a pastor to do that at their church? Yeah, well, I think one thing is, is that Pastor Jonathan's always mentioning small groups yeah. in his messages. Yeah. It's built into our discipleship and our process. Um, here at Bethany, and I think testimonies, you have to get the testimonies and you have to begin to share them because people need to understand what it really means for them and why it's important for them to be a part of that small group. And so I would say if you're not even understanding that or not seeing the value, then they won't see and understand that. That's so good. That is so good. Yeah, I you know, I think even important it's important because as pastors like you said there's there's so many things that can can steal focus and 
Um, I think as a pastor, we have to make sure that we're constantly talking about it. It is something that's in front of people. And, you know, we've heard the, the term circles are better than rows, right? Yes. And we say that a lot even around here. Um, that is so important that people get connected. That's another thing that I feel like is a value because um, it's not – we have a lot of people who come to church and, I, and go to churches all over America but not really connected and engaged. Yeah. And small groups help people be engaged and connected to the church. And what you find is is that people end up um, staying in church longer. They don't, yes. they're, they're more committed to church. They're a part of outreaches and all of those type of things. They're even better givers when they're a part of small groups because they, they're bought in. Mm-hmm. And I love that that small groups help really um, do that. Um, let me ask this question. Um, are there any other churches that have helped shape the way you oversee small groups here at Bethany? Yes. Actually, when I first took on the role of director, I went to a conference. It was a small conference uh, from a large church who'd been doing small groups for a long time. And really, they do their small groups a bit different than we did. But the understanding of how they valued small groups and from the senior pastors, really um, conversation on really, if he knew that someone was connected, just like you're saying, if he knew they were connected in a small group, then he no longer had to worry about them. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't care for them, that we don't want to know if they're in the hospital, that we don't want to go and pray. But we know that they have a circle of people now that are rallying around them. And so going to that conference really helped me understand that it's even biblical. They met in the temple and they met in the homes, you know, in the New Testament church. And we are the New Testament church and we should be doing the same. And and I really think that even in learning all of that and as I've helped people get connected to small groups on a weekly basis, I think we can't underestimate the, the power of um, connection because people are so disconnected right now and they're so lonely. And so many of us who are really close to and involved in what's going on can take that for granted. But there are so many people walking in that are walking in with no family, with no fellowship during the week. And so valuing that for the the person, the individual, not just the church at large, but looking at each person as someone who needs to be connected has really helped me um, value uh, the community of small groups. That's great. I absolutely love that. We have small groups for all demographics, correct? I mean, everything from um, prime timers, yes, which we could t- our consider our service senior saints and senior citizens, <laughs> um, to college, to men, women, couples, yeah. families, just really giving an opportunity for anybody in their their demographic. Uh, we also have um, small groups that are kind of interest based as well, where people go riding on motorcycles, That's and, right. um, go do different things, and. I think anything that just connects people right. is what we're looking for, correct? Absolutely. We have a group on Saturdays that gets together and exercises. That's awesome. And they sit around in a huddle and do a devotion. Wow. It's just a few minutes after. Yeah. Um, but it's so life-giving um, in in that 
Love that. Yeah. That is really, really great. I know Pastor Jonathan went riding with some motorcycle guys yes. one time and um, just enjoyed just being in. That's what it should be. We should be doing life together, life together. but also having those those moments. Can you describe to me what a typical small group would look like? Maybe one that happens in a home or maybe in a coffee shop or something like that. Just kind of the, the typical uh, yeah. what that looks like. Well, you know, for um, I'll use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. I love to just let the ladies come into the room, um, come into the home, and just begin to kind of have conversation with one another. You need to allow space for them to get to know each other. It's not the Jennifer show. I'm not there to talk the most. I'm there to listen the most. And I'm just providing a place for them to gather. And I love the model of thinking of it as 70-30. You know, I'm going to talk about 30% of the time, and you guys are going to talk 70% of the time. That's so good. Yeah. And so... Just allowing that space. You don't have to be in a rush. I think sometimes we get into such a rush of trying to get through the outline or the assignment or whatever message is there, and we forget about the fact that we're here first to build relationship. And sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit will move and someone begins to share something on their heart, and we just move into ministry time, and we've all gathered maybe for that one person. But in a, in a general sense, you know, I let them come in for about 15 minutes. They're gathering. Maybe they're getting a cup of coffee, sitting around, having conversation, talking about what's happening. And then we get into it. Here at Bethany, we do an outline of the sermon each week. And so it gives us an opportunity to study what the pastor has spoken about on Sunday in a deeper way that week together. And so we just begin with studying the Word and there are question prompts, and I begin to just ask people questions. Give space for them to answer. It's okay to have a few seconds of silence. You know, mm-hmm. people get so uncomfortable with sure. silence. Right. And I think sometimes you have to be okay with it in order to allow people to begin to talk. You know, there's going to always be that one in the room that wants to say everything and that one in the room that doesn't want to say anything. And it's helping navigate through and just gently saying Hey, Jane, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And prompting people to be able to share. And then as they get to know each other, you know, now my group, they've known each other for a while. And I really don't feel like there's anyone that doesn't have an opportunity to share. But that takes time. And then when you're done giving a space for anybody that has a need to share and pray every time we pray over needs, we pray over families, and we just send people out encouraged, you know. And then I always say, as a B group leader, yes, as a small group leader, I'm going to set boundaries on when I answer texts. I don't, they don't need to know that. But I think there should always be an open door that they have a feeling that they can come to you at any time with anything, you know, that, that, you know, I had one small group uh, leader, one of her sons had gotten in a car accident. She was able to text, you know, in the night. There's just things that arise and you are shepherding in that way. And it's such a privilege. So don't take that role lightly. Honor what God has given you and be a good steward. And so... So that's good. really how I see it. No, that's built great. Out. That's great. You're preaching over here, Jen. I like <laughs> it. Um, I could tell the passion and the heart behind it. 
I love small groups as well. You um, you mentioned about the curriculum that we use. Talk to a, talk to us a little bit about the curriculum that that we do use here at Bethany and, and also maybe some other curriculums that can be used. Yes. Well, you know, we, this year we're going through what we call passports and passages, um, as a church. And so we are taking the Bible and breaking down scripture and studying the word. And I don't think there's anything better in a small group than just studying God's word together. You know, so many people are biblically illiterate these days. We take it for granted that everyone has a discipline to study God's word. And that's just not the case, whether it's because they become a Christian a year ago, or it just wasn't a lot of emphasis placed on it in their lives. Studying God's word and really understanding what the Lord is wanting to speak to us and even how to recognize how to pull from God's word, you know, has, so that's what we do every week on Sunday night, Monday morning at the latest, we have an outline. We have what's called Bethany.life. It's a resource center for our people. So they can go and find leaders resources there. Um, There are studies that they can find, but In this semester, particularly the one we just ended, we encouraged everyone to utilize the outline and study God's word. We also have book recommendations. We we do ask that our small group leaders, if they'd like to use a book, that they get that book approved to make sure that the sources are good sources, godly sources. Um, And I've done book studies in my own group. In fact, I did a book study with... um, a book on the Holy Spirit that just revolutionized my group. There were three ladies that received the Holy Spirit, not in the setting around the table, but throughout that semester as we studied. So it's just so beneficial to study different aspects of God's Word And it's really simple. All you need to do is have a place where people can come. Sometimes we've just done soap, you know, just the application, very easy. Everyone read this chapter before you come, and then we're all going to just study God's Word together. So explain what soap is. Scripture. Scripture. You're going to observe the mm -hmm, Scripture. mm -hmm. How do we apply the Scripture? Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. how do we pray this Scripture? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I love love that because if you can send people away understanding how to not only observe the scripture, how to apply it to their life, and then how to pray it, not just for themselves, but their, for their families, man, you've just sent them off with a sword in their hands. And so you just, you can't get any better than that. Love that. Absolutely love it. That's so, so good. You know, I was thinking about how people, um, you know, I remember starting my first small group. And it was years ago, and I won't um, say how long ago it was <laughs> just to not tell my age. But it was many years ago, and I remember my small group leader uh, kept encouraging me to do it, and I was afraid to do it. I didn't think I knew enough scripture. I didn't think I knew mm-hmm. enough. And I know you deal with that all the time, just encouraging leaders to step out. Yeah. And I'll never forget my small group leader just kept telling me, he said, man, it's just like Nike. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just step out. And I remember um, a guy asked me, he said, man, do you know a small group that um, that I can go to? And I said, you know what? I actually do. It's mine. And he said, when does it happen? I said, well, 
it's this Saturday at, at whatever time it was. And that's how I started my small group. And I thought it was going to be he and I, but I invited a few other friends. I started my small group with 10 people. And it was very, very cool and it just been going on ever since. And I've been excited about that. And that's what I want to encourage somebody who's listening or watching today. I don't know um, if you're thinking about doing it or what have you. I just encourage you just to do it. Just to do it. People are looking to be connected. They're longing for fellowship. Am I right? That is so true. And I would like to say I started the very same way. One person showed up to my house and we just started that way. And when people come to me and they're a little hesitant, the one thing that I say is, do you have a friend or two that you can have coffee with? Do you know one or two people that you can start with a cup of coffee? And usually, you know, We attract people who are in or right behind where we are. That's what discipleship is all about, just being a step or two in in front of someone else, you know, and so that's all you have to do. And I'm in the same boat of just God has used that, that foundational place that I landed with one person in my house to just in years now of small group leadership and it's just been a blessing to them. It's been a blessing to me, but you just do it. Yes. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. That's <laughs> what we encourage people to do. Well, I think this has really, really been helpful and it's, it's excited me about small groups and, and just reignited the fire and passion to, for me in small groups. And I just want to encourage those of you guys who are watching and listening today. You know, we talked about curriculum. We talked about um, things that are available. I want to shamelessly plug BethanyAllAccess.com. We have multiple small group lessons that are mm-hmm. on there, previous ones that we've used in the past. They are welcome to you. It's completely free, BethanyAllAccess.com. We have a resource section. You just go to small groups, and you'll see multiple groups, um, curriculums, even for men, for ladies, different things that you can use. And so you don't even have to create it. It's already there for you, and you can just use that um, for your church. Um, Jen, will you take a moment and just pray for us? Absolutely. Um, this has been so helpful, and I want to encourage uh, a pastor, maybe allow your small group pastor to listen to this, or maybe your leaders to listen to this, and I think this would be helpful for them. Can you pray for us? Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this time, Father God. We thank you that you are sowing seeds. You You are sowing seeds, planting seeds, Father God, in others to encourage them, Father God, to step out in boldness and begin to to cultivate a small group community in their own church. Father God, I thank you for every pastor, that he has a great vision for those he's shepherding. I thank you for every leader, Father God, that you are just bringing the right leaders alongside of him, Father God, to lead their communities. Lord, we just give you glory for the testimonies that will come out of the small group setting. Father God, we know that you have just provided the way and given clarity to each person, Father God, that desires to begin to cultivate a small group culture in their church. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you've done here at Bethany in small groups and just blessing us with the ability to be a part of what you're doing in your kingdom, Lord. We thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, I want to, as we close, I want to make sure that you guys are aware of 
Bethany All Access and Power that is coming up September 11th through the 13th. I'm telling you, it is going to be awesome. We've been doing some planning for it, and it's going to be really, really, really great. You don't want to miss it. Pastors, bring your church staff, bring your leaders, bring your team. Come, bring yourself. Come, be a part of it. It's going to be so good. You can sign up on BethanyAllAccess.com. You'll see a big tab there on the under events where you can sign up. And I'm telling you, it's going to be here in Baton Rouge. And we're going to have a party in Louisiana like we know how to do it. It's going to be great. Hey, right as we close, um, one of the things that we started is that we started the question of the day. And this is our time where we take one of your questions that you've submitted um, about one of our podcasts and we and we we answer or we at least try to answer that question and you can submit your questions on our Instagram at Bethany All Access or you can email allaccess at bethany.com. And so today's question is this how can the church utilize social media to benefit their vision. How can the church use social media to benefit the vision? I will say this. I believe that if you're going to be a church that's going to use social media, I believe that you have to have a strategy. I believe that you have to know who you're trying to target. And you, 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 there's a shotgun approach that you can take, or there can be a target that you can go for. And I believe that you have to know who you're going for, who you're trying to target. And I believe you use a strategy. There, you can spend money and you can do all sorts of things, but I believe that you have to have a target and a strategy of what you're going for. And when you do that, you will be able to hit the bullseye and you know that you're, you're utilizing it well. So hopefully that's helpful to you. If you have any other questions, please let let us know and we encourage you to continue to watch and be a part and be a part of this Bethany podcast until next time. We love you guys. God bless.